0: hello everyone it is another cats illustrated podcast i am your host and publisher justin Rowland, joined by jeff drummond covers the team the football team the basketball team a lot of kentucky stuff on a day-to-day basis for us managing editor photographer and he's been posting practice reports for for the upcoming football season at the house of blue so we wanted to uh to talk some kentucky football today jeff how are you doing
1: hey good justin that's uh It's getting to be that exciting time of the year where you look up and, man, it's almost game week. And and that's really exciting for for all of us who follow Kentucky football.
0: Yeah, I – I'm very excited about tomorrow's college football games, and it's not even a very good slate. I mean, we're talking, what, Nebraska, Illinois, Hawaii, UCLA, and some mid-major games, but it's football. It's blocking. It's tackling. And then we got really good games throughout the next week, I think Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and next Saturday will be here before you know it. Um, I guess... We can talk about things that we've, we've heard from practices, practice reports and, and some things that have been on our mind, but n- no reason for Kentucky to be concerned about that first game against UL Monroe, correct?
1: Well, I think, you know, all things being equal and, and, and played on paper, which, you know, games aren't played on paper. They should take care of business in that first one. Uh, but, you know, you do have a, a team that's coached by some pretty good people, and uh, some creative minds over there uh, with, with that club. So, when you put that together with the fact that Mark Stoops' teams have been a little slow out of the gates before in the past, I, I wouldn't want to get overly confident <laughs> in, in, in predicting a blowout or, or, or stuff like that. But, you know, the Cats should should take care of business in this first one. If, if, if they're going to do what a lot of us expect them to do this season, and. And, and be in the hunt for, for for maybe one of those top two spots in the East. Uh, they need to come out and show it early.
0: Kentucky has won 11 straight out-of-conference games uh, under Mark Stoops, and some of those were patsies, like I think ULM would probably be, be classified by most. But, you know, we've got Louisville, they've been down, Penn State, Virginia Tech, NC State, uh, some of the obvious ones. Uh, I, yeah, I think they're going to be a heavy favorite, and with good reason. I'm interested in how Liam Cohen um, tackles this Um, as far as whether he wants to come out of the gate slinging or whether he wants C-Rod to have 200 yards in the first half, how much he wants to hold back uh, so Mizzou doesn't have anything to look at uh, versus trying to get guys comfortable with the offense before a very important second game. How do you think he's going to handle it?
1: that's come up quite a bit in conversations I've had and, and a lot of people seem to think that you know Kentucky might hold back or not wanna show um you know everything to Missouri in, from that first game but I'm of the opinion they may need all of that in the toolbox you know to beat Missouri. So I I think you've got to come out and just run do your thing, you know, run every, everything you got if you if you need it for week two. To make sure you can go out and execute
0: it. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. I don't, I don't. I think you can overcomplicate it. And more important than hiding what you're going to do is making sure that you can do what you're going to do well. You know, you got to have an identity. And you know, doing it in live action—that's more reps. I, I'm. I'm with you. Uh, I did want to ask uh, first off to open it up, and we'll see where it takes us. What What were some of the takeaways that you've had from either from the second open practice or just recently, since the since the last scrimmage, any anything that you've heard or anything that stood out to you, or thing, thing that, things that we should we should discuss at length.
1: Well, a couple I, I would point to on each side of the ball. You know, Will Mevis has kind of just cemented, uh, you, you know, the fact that he was the clear number one at, at quarterback um, all along, and they've done, done nothing but rave about his progress, uh, the arm strength. Accuracy, you know, that's what everybody follows up with after you hear about the great arm. It's like, okay, but does he put it where it needs to be? And, and it sounds like there's been a lot of strides made in, in that area. The other one being the guys he's, he's throwing to, I think they've settled into a, a, a pretty clear uh, top three or four, at least um, in that wide receiver core uh, with Wandale Robinson, Josh Ali clearly being kind of the one and two guys, Isaiah Epps. Back, finally, maybe for the first time in his UK career, being fully healthy and confident, feeling good about himself, I I feel like that's a guy that could really have a breakout type uh, season with all the attention that the other two guys are gonna command. And then uh, Rasan Lewis, you know, the son of the, the NFL great linebacker Ray Lewis, has has really made a lot of noise uh, coming from you know a walk on. A situation to probably going to be earning his way to a scholarship, the way it, it sounds uh, as as the possible number four receiver.
0: Yeah, I, Isaiah Epps is interesting to me. I'm trying to pull it up here on PFF, but if you if you look at the advanced numbers, what stood out about him was last year Kentucky's yards per target attempt across the board were really were really it was a small number, which means they weren't throwing downfield very much. And, you know, even beyond not throwing a lot, they haven't stretched the field in a really long time, and that's reflected in the low number of touchdowns, but also the low number of interceptions almost every year, it seems like. But Isaiah Epps, uh, I think I want to say it was something like 18 yards on average is how far downfield he was when he was targeted. So they obviously feel like he can be be a deep threat. I don't know if he's like a blazer who take the top off the defense, but just in terms of... Playing the deep ball and and making a t- contested catch and being able to c- be comfortable going up and 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 making a catch in the air that could be, um, that could be something that he brings. How how big of a setback do you feel like this this uh, injury to Dekel Crowdis was? I know everybody exhaled when it wasn't an ACL, but you know for a freshman, a lot of times freshmen run into a wall. Anyways, um, that's going to be difficult for him to overcome. Taking so much of the end of camp away from him, don't you think?
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Uh, and, and they said a lot of good things about him. I think he was still going to be kind of on that next group of guys in, in a rotation. It doesn't sound to me like he was going to be in, in their main three. Uh, and, and you may have heard otherwise or, or different, but I still think he may have been, you know, four or five, six, but a guy that was going to play a, a lot and, and have a chance to help them just because of that raw speed and, and the threat he poses uh, to, to the deep game and, you know, getting down the field. And that's something that almost to a man yesterday when we talked to guys about, you know, what they were excited about the fans finally seeing when they have a chance to see this offense in, in game action was the fact that they're just going to really stretch the field and, and be able to do a lot of different things that we haven't seen for the last, you know, three, four years at Kentucky.
0: Yeah, you got to make the defense cover the whole field. I mean, they, they, they did a really good job, what they did well, recently under Eddie Grand, but there's a lot of feel that the defense was never having to defend. And it's really kind of remarkable that they were able to run the ball as well as they could, uh, while seemingly never hitting a big play-action play off of it, you know, to make the defense... Respect them. What I had heard about uh, Crowdis and Magwood is that, you know, the the difference between Magwood and Crowdis is Magwood is comfortable playing every one of those three main receiver positions. And and with Crowdis, they were going to feature him, but it was going to have to be in a really scaled back version of the playbook just just because maybe the understanding wasn't quite at the level that Magwood's uh, was. So it, it'll be interesting. I, I like that idea of the 21 personnel, you know, getting two running backs on the, on the field, a couple guys that can catch, a couple guys that can run. You know, you're showcasing a, a tight end. Uh, that room should be a strength. And then your top two receivers, I, I think that's, that's an interesting personnel set. But it all starts up front. And the offensive line, I think everybody's just assumed it's going to be the big blue wall again. And I did notice that, that Stoops recently talked about how they want to get more physical uh, in, in the power run game, in the short yardage run game, and maybe that the emphasis on the passing game had kind of caused them to get away from their bread and butter a little bit, and they, were, they had struggled a little bit at that. Is that, a, is that a concern at all, or is that just something that you think more reps and a re-emphasis is going to fix?
1: That's been kind of a, a weird dynamic, you know, for Kentucky the last, last couple of years, as well as they have run the ball. It was like when they would get in third and one or or third and inches, fourth and inches, sometimes that became a little bit of a problem. And I never could really wrap my mind around, you know, why that was the case because they were so good at running it otherwise. Uh, But there has been a a bigger emphasis put on that um, here in this camp. And I think one thing that's going to help them significantly in that regard is the amount of time they've spent under center this year combined to being in the shotgun in those situations uh, in, in the past few years, because I've always felt it kind of handicapped you when you're in an obvious run situation and, and you're lined up, you know, in the, in the gun, you know, five yards, you're starting out, you know, you may only need a yard or, or half a yard, but you, in all actuality, you need to get five or six to pick it up uh, when you're lined up like that. And I, I think just schematically they're going to be in a better position maybe they execute some of
0: those this year it's interesting that maybe just personnel wise they've given a little bit in terms of just not having quite as many maulers out there i mean you don't think about horsey i know he's he's had an issue that has affected his readiness this camp but he's more of an athletic guy rosenthal is more of an athletic guy fortner is not a huge guy obviously he's he's you know more of an iq athletic guy um but you're right. in The last two years of that inside zone scheme, there were some short yardage struggles. I'm looking at it here, and third and one to three yards t- to go, they ran 41 times last year. They converted 24, but that means they didn't convert 17, and yeah. that's not a that's not a great rate. Uh, but well, especially I, for a team that's that's so
1: good at converting, you know, four or five yards a pop. Yeah, it, it just it did not add up. It was a a weird kind of dynamic that I, I think you'll see them kind of reverse that trend this season.
0: it's feel like they have too much talent for the offensive line to not be at least good. I don't know if it's going to be the best offensive line in the country or if it's going to win the Joe Moore award, but you just, it just seems like there's too much talent for it not to come together and be one of the sec's better lines, which is, Really, all you need it to be. That means it's one of the better lines in the country. Are there are there any offensive linemen that you're that you're interested in seeing? I you know in the past you had mentioned Eli Cox, but with them talking about going nine or ten deep, I mean, how much rotation do you think there's going to be? And is there a guy or two that you're really interested in seeing?
1: Yeah, I think they talked a lot about you know a st- trying to get those first two groups established, and I think they came pretty close to doing that here in recent days. They've kind of scaled that down and, and said eight or nine more often. But I, I think they feel confident in, in eight that they've found to be in that main rotation. And that hopefully will grow to you know nine or ten as they move along. But Eli Cox is a guy related to your previous point about short yardage and, and picking up that, that, that tough yard or half yard uh, who gives them kind of that physical presence that they really like at guard. Uh, he and both Austin Dotson, you know, I would I would kind of categorize both those guys in the same way. Uh, and they're in that second group, uh, guys who could really move people off the football uh, when you have to pick up that tough first down.
0: Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to – it'll just be strange to see a new offensive line coach at Kentucky, and I feel like that's been a, a, an obvious transition, made a lot of sense, somebody Stoops is comfortable with and Wolford and I think is really cool that the stat where South Carolina had the the number one yards before contact in the country last year. I want to say so as good as Kevin Harris was, Wolf Wolf's line was doing a lot of that work. Another big issue, Jeff, that we you know we got to talk about is the uh, the unsettled legal situation that's affecting six Kentucky players, and you're talking about Reuben Adams and Andrew Phillips and Jutan McLean and. Vito Tisdale and Joel Williams and I think I'm forgetting one just off the top of my head but um, it's mostly younger guys it's affected the defensive back room more than any other but I don't think you can say any of the guys were you know an obvious slam dunk starter Um, just football wise one of the things that that I think is interesting is it affects I think the medium package that they were going to have they still have Devontae Robinson and Jalen Geiger out there but with Phillips and Vito and um, Williams, you're talking about three of their kind of versatile flex safety guys that can come down in the box and 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 really smack you. Maybe it affects their versatility a little. McLean being out doesn't help the running back room, but they've got some depth and some pieces there. What's the what's the football impact? Do you think is it is it something that they'll survive with okay, or do you think it it starts to hurt them against Missouri?
1: Well, I believe. Could have a, a little bit of an impact, like you said. We, we weren't expecting any of these guys to be in a starting role. Uh, I think Vito Tisdale's the the closest one uh, to it, uh, being a guy that could have been considered a starter if you you know go out in a nickel package or or, or, or that type of thing. He was going to play a guy a lot, yeah. regardless of the situation. But it you know it affects your depth there with in the defensive backfield secondary. We felt really strong about that going into camp and, and, and feeling like they were loaded. And now all of a sudden you take two pieces out of that that, that we're going to play a lot, uh, you know, with with him and uh, um, oh, escaping me here off the top of my head, Andrew Phillips. Yeah. Sorry. Um, those two guys we we were expecting to be in their main rotation and, and, and key reserves. So that kind of forces everybody else up the matter. And now you got a situation where if you got a guy that runs into an injury, you know, uh, God forbid, or you have some kind of situation in the first couple of weeks where it gets a little thin and you may have to lean on uh, somebody you weren't expecting to play real early.
0: Yeah. More on that impact of the cornerback room, really. Brad White said recently that, that the main thing on defense that they're, focused on is developing more depth at corner and so if J.J. Weaver is playing at outside linebacker and you can kind of switch that 3-4 defense into the medium package and bring Devontae Robinson down they can survive that barring another injury but at corner you're talking I guess about Cedric Dort who has been if you look at the analytics just fantastic in coverage but I think there, there have been times when they've wanted to see him go up and smack somebody more and you know, not avoid that 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 crushing contact in the run game against South Carolina in the second half, as an example. Um, and then, you know, Carrington Valentine, who I'm super high on. I think he can be an All-SEC player, if not this year, then down the road. I guess Quandre Mosley, who is kind of up and down in spring practice a little bit, um, played there in the bowl game, but maybe, maybe I, I think there's a little bit of a step down there from Dorton Valentine. How concerned would you be about the cornerback depth, or do you feel like that'll that'll be something that works itself out?
1: Yeah, it, I think it, it's got to be labeled as a mild concern, and maybe maybe the, the biggest one for the team overall going into the first game. Uh, you know, because the, as, as good as they feel about, you know, Jalen Geiger and what he's been able to do, and he's, he's a versatile guy, too, that can move around and, and play different positions, you, you typically need – you know more than four guys to play that spot, or, or at least four solid. And now they're kind of on the, the limit. They're pressing the limit at that spot. And uh, someone that we haven't talked about or, or unexpected may have to emerge if they have an issue with any of those first four guys.
0: Yeah, Adrian Huey, a freshman, had some growing pains in, in fall camp, but that's normal for a freshman. Just athletically, I think he's got it. Um, you know, if you talk to people... They would probably say that if we're going to have a question mark, corner is, is a good place to have the question mark because they feel confident that Mark Stoops is always going to be able to do some work there, just being kind of his specialty. I mean, they always take like five or six DBs, and that's because of Stoops' preference and his, his emphasis on it. They probably feel like uh, Stoops will be able to work some magic there this year, and they've got a track record of it. It'll be, But it would be an interesting test for Chris Collins, first-year cornerbacks coach. For Kentucky I'm also interested in the impact of so much staff turnover you know like basically half of the staff is gone so they're really we talk about Kentucky as having so much continuity under Mark Stoops and they do but s- whole system change and half the guys coming in um, I think it with Settle and Wolf. there's a little bit more of a continuity factor but th- there is a lot of turnover this year compared to some other places don't you think
1: yeah I do. I think you want to see how all that's going to, the operation's going to flow on game day, you know, when you've got so many new pieces uh, to to the puzzle, how, how smooth will that be? Where, where will guys be situated? I think at, at last check, we were still uncertain about uh, where Liam Cohen was going to be. I think he was leaning towards maybe down on the field uh, so we could be eye to eye with those quarterbacks and, and be able to make that read, uh, uh, when, when they have the adjustments but uh, those are things that will be interesting to see you know in the opener how they handle and, and if it if it goes well you know they may have to tweak it a little bit going into the Missouri game
0: before we wrap up and we're going to have more of these podcasts as the season gets closer it'll become a regular staple here we've also got a CITV basketball recruiting episode up right now with David Sisk and, and Travis Graf. Um, my, my opinion on this team has changed and that's in spite of those arrests that I think have kind of been a damper. I, I just feel like the buzz about Levis. I think it's a cautious optimism. It's a guarded optimism. It, it's an optimism that is tempered by, I know, we got to believe it, what we'll believe it when we see it. But the talk coming out about him and you know just what they've done overall in the portal to upgrade several positions... With immediate impact players, my, I, I think I've gone this off season from seven and five to eight and four, and I finally put out my, my final predictions today. I'm at nine and three. You know, I could see I could see it not being that, but when I just go game by game, I think they're better than Tennessee. I think they're better than Louisville. I think they I think they're slightly better than Missouri. I think I mean nine and three is very justifiable. Where, where's your head at, and has your opinion changed this off season?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And one that got tossed to me the other day on the, uh, on the House of Blue. And I, I think I'm going to stay put where I've been at, at eight until I get a chance to see them. But you could certainly make that case because they have been so confident and, and there's such a good vibe coming from the quarterback situation and Will Bevis. Will you know, I would be shocked if, if he wasn't really good. Um, but I want to go out there and and see it for myself (laughs) in in game action. We've we've heard things going into seasons before, and then it it just, for one reason or another, hasn't panned out. So um, I I want to see how they take care of business in those first couple of weeks and and, and then maybe expand the horizons a little bit and say, okay, maybe they can steal another one.
0: Will Levis is very popular now, but when he throws that first interception, he's going to get that – quarterback experience again yeah i mean if he's really good i see no reason why they can't have a really big year because that's i mean you think about the kentucky teams of the last four years and all due respect to terry wilson and steven johnson especially um if you put really good quarterback play in there with what they're doing at the rest of the field um that that's really what it's been that's been the special sauce i I think that that can get them to the eight or nine win, and maybe even a dark horse. I just think that George is going to be very hard to to climb over this year. But Florida, I see them right there. Florida, Kentucky, and even Missouri. It wouldn't shock me if any of those teams finished second in the East.
1: No, n- not at all. And uh, those are going to be some monster games, you know, in the first half of the season. Uh, so they have to come out of the gates ready to go. We've talked about it in the past. It's it's not always been a, a trade of the Stoops uh, teams, which typically, to their credit, get better and better week by week. And even though there's, sometimes there's a little, you know, speed bump in there somewhere in the middle of the season. But uh, one of the best things they've done during his tenure here is get, get better as the season moves along. This year, though, I think they'll have to be a little bit more ready to be closer to their best in that first half of the season.
0: Right. Excellent stuff, Jeff. I appreciate you doing all the excellent stuff you do for the site all the practice reports every time that, that we've got those media availabilities and the, the photography and going out and doing high school, high school photography as well this year. Um, and the scouting reports that you had on, uh, uh, last week. And, We'll probably do this again uh, early this coming week. Talk about any any developments in game week. I know it's been a really slow week for them right now, just kind of winding down and shifting focus to ULM. Jeff, thanks for coming on, man.
1: All right, Justin.
0: Thanks a lot. And uh, if you are not a member of Cats Illustrated, you can go to the front page, catsillustrated.com, and there should be a banner at the top for a free 30-day trial. Try us out. Cancel anytime. We love to have you join our community. Thanks again, and we will come back with another episode soon.